If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beechwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beechwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beechwood. That's Serve Pro Beechwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216 416- 464-4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beechwood, we love Serve Pro of Beechwood. Welcome. This is Coach Simroni to Blood Time, and I want to thank my last guest, Brian Zide, Beechwood wrestler, but also a very successful businessman. And the lesson that we took away from Brian, I believe, is all in. And when he was in, he was all in. In wrestling and in business, and he has two successful businesses as well as a full-time job. Now, that's an ambitious guy with a great work ethic. I want to thank Brian Zide and uh, his uh, wisdom that he brought to us last week. In studio today, very uh, fortunate to have an NCAA finalist, two-time state champ for St. Ignatius, the uh, Jesuit High School over on the west side of, of, of Cleveland. Uh, a good friend of mine, the head coach there is Mark Sullivan. Also, a pretty pretty good stud in yeah. football and wrestling, <laughs> and uh, we're here to see. We're here today with George DiCamillo. How you doing, George? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, uh, I knew your father yeah. way back when. As a matter of fact, I didn't wrestle against him. We had a, a scrimmage back in 1974 when he was a senior. I wrestled against a kid by the name of Tim Armelli. Sounds familiar. And Sounds Tim like- Armelli ended up being the head coach at Lake Catholic yeah. and at Chardon, and uh, he he put a hurt on me. <laughs> but I'm sure your dad would have too, because uh, he was fourth in the state, I believe, that year. Yeah, too, he right? was good. Yeah, so welcome. And uh, you have a pretty interesting lineage as well. You've got a former pro golfer who was on the tour, Yeah. who I played against. Gary Trevisano is your, is your uncle, right? Yeah, so Gary Trevisano is my uncle. So golfing, yeah, I, I did it when I was a little kid. And then Mike Trevisano is my, my uncle as well, my mom's brother. Yeah, that's right. Mike, the famous... Uh, uh, 
radio host that has been on since, gosh, probably the early 90s, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's terrific. I've been on his show a couple of times. Matter of fact, when we started Wrestlers in Business, he was kind enough to have us on and talk about that. Mm-hmm. And also, too, uh, sadly, when his first wife died, yeah. I was on and uh, we did a nice donation uh, on the show for his uh, fund for Linda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So uh, please give my best to Gary <laughs> and to your uncles, Mike and Gary, and your dad, Ralph. Definitely. Um, I want to tell you a story before we get into to this interview with you and, and talk a little bit about your history and, and some of the things that you're doing now in the business world. But I played against Gary Trevisan in high school. Okay. <laughs> I was, uh, we were freshmen in high school and we were playing at Landrahaven. Which okay. was back then. The you know, now, now it's a now it's a corporate center, which a lot of golf courses have turned into. Right. And I was a freshman. He was a freshman. Okay. But he was a lot bigger than me. Yeah. I think he was a quarterback too for the St. Joe's he football was. team yeah, and the yeah, kicker. Yeah. I think he kicked for maybe Alabama or something. He, he may have. Yeah. yeah when I he think was there. so. Yeah, yeah. Back back in the day. But anyhow, so there was two par five. It was a weird course. There was three nines, mm-hmm. and it was a weird par uh, situation where the the first hole on the red course was a short par four. Then they had two par fives in a row. Wow. Odd, right? Yeah. And it was down Lander Road. So a few Clevelanders, Lander Road is kind of a cool, cool street. Anyhow, yeah. so so he gets up there, and this is back in the day with the crappy balls and the wood woods and everything. everything. Yeah. And he bangs one almost 280, okay? <laughs> Takes out a nine iron, uh-huh. hits the green, uh, gets an eagle. Oh, wow. Okay? Wait a minute. Not uncommon. Right? The next hole does the same thing. I had never seen two eagles in a row in my life since then. I mean, that we were in ninth grade. I'm sure grade. he remembers that, yeah. He shot a 33. Wow. I shot a 42. I thought I was like, you know, shooting World record my eyes for you, out. Yeah. Right. And he beat me by nine strokes and nine holes. Jeez. It was terrible. It was crazy. So uh, I'll never forget him. But uh, I've known I've known your uncle uh, over the years. He's a terrific guy. And he's a great uh, representative of the sport of golf. Yeah. So getting, uh, getting through that. Uh, thank you for letting me have that aside. No, it's it, great. Yeah. It is my show. Small world. <laughs> so, absolutely. So, yeah. so George, uh, you know, you started uh, wrestling way back in, uh, what, the sixth or seventh grade? or, or uh, Maybe even before, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I remember going to Mayfield Wrestling Club practices when I was oh, a little kid. Yeah. Uh, Probably a little bit in the beginning, like against my will sort of thing. Okay. My dad wanted me to, my dad really wanted me to go to wrestling. Well, he was but, a stud. Yeah. 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 Uh, but just the, the people I was around when I was in Mayfield were – Sure. Really high level. We had an awesome team. Sure. Um, and it was just sort of like a really tough environment. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was hard, really, at first. Now um, was Abinator with you? With Dominic Abinator? Yeah. With you? Dom yeah. Abinator was with me. My first drill partner actually was Johnny DeJulius. Oh my God! So that's those three. That's eight state championships. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that's not just, bad. Not always, bad company, right? Yeah. We always talk. I, in fact, I saw Cody Hayes at a, a a benefit for one of my coaches that we. Oh, okay. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we just talked about how good our team was when we were at Mayfield. Sure. If everyone would have went to Mayfield sort of thing, yep. we could have yep. been a really, really good team. But, you know, we had a really good club team. We took second in the state one wow. year. Wow, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mayfield is where I started, and it all sure. took off from there. So you so you drill with Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? I mean, what, as a kid, was he sort of the same kind of wrestler, or did you guys both evolve to a different style? Or what? Well, yeah, he started a couple years before me. So initially when uh, Coach Koss, my first coach, Put us together. He he sort of kicked my butt. Okay. Uh, okay. Frequently, and gotcha. uh, I would hate going to practice. He would kick my butt. Oh my and, gosh. And uh, yeah, you just sort of learn to adapt from there. That's sort of the fun sort of chess match of wrestling. Is yeah. You adapt based on other people's styles, and it definitely right. forces you to get tougher in certain situations. And, and it's interesting too because he has kind of the similar story. Um, his only loss at the state 
tournament was to a three-time state champ, time, one yeah. of his good friends, Ty Mitch yeah. from Aurora. You know, and he says he used to get his butt kicked by Ty Mitch. Yeah, exactly. Better, you know? So that's how you get better, right? Yeah. You know, you want to go after guys that are better than you mm-hmm. to get you better. And I think that's the sport, right? Yeah. The sport is very honest. Yeah. It, yeah. There's no question about it. If he's better, he's better. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a great foundational situation for you, correct? Yeah. So after that, what, you know, what, Made you because I know that you wrestled my nephew Mark Worthington, right? Oh, you yeah, we for a wrestled, cup of coffee, we were, right? <laughs> yeah, we wrestled briefly, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were best friends growing up, and he he actually was really talented with wrestling. He's yeah. obviously way better in like football and basketball, sure. baseball and stuff. And yeah, but he he had a real gift for wrestling. Um, yeah. I, I remember I would I would used to get in on shots on him, and he, yeah. it would just be so hard to score because he was so stingy, yes. Uh, but you know, he went on to play football and baseball and basketball, so yeah, that's that's cool, right? Yeah. So, so tell me what made your determination to, I know that you went to St. Francis, is yeah. that where you went? Mm-hmm. So what made your determination, what, what, you know, what decided, what, what was the deciding factor for St. Ignatius? For Ignatius, uh, honestly, the primary reason I went to Ignatius was in seventh grade going into eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I did uh, what was called the summer enrichment program with oh. a bunch of my friends. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it really had nothing to do with wrestling. It, it had a little bit to do with wrestling, but it mm. I got used to the school and the teachers. It, the summer enrichment program was essentially seventh graders going to eighth grade who went there in the first half of the day for five uh, during the week. Yeah, we do classes and stuff for the first half of the day. Wow, just just learning different things and okay. And then the second half of the day, we would uh, we'd be in teams and play sports and go visit different places around Cleveland. So really bond, right? So just really grow a brotherhood yeah. there, which cool. uh, I think was the ultimate reason I decided to go to Ignatius. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you got, and then you meet Mark Sullivan, right? Yeah. <laughs> now Mark's, wow, if, if, you know, obviously the younger generation may not know how great an athlete Mark Sullivan was. Yeah. But he was the MVP of the Ohio State-Michigan game in 1980. Oh, yeah. As a 5'10", 225-pound. Just a bull. Yeah. Middle guard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then he ended up going to. I, I guess there were some issues um, uh, with his family. I think his mother got ill, mm-hmm. so he had to leave uh, Ohio State, and he ended up finishing at John Carroll. Yeah, and at John Carroll, he took second in the nation twice in in uh, wrestling and yeah. heavyweight. You know, what <laughs> I mean, so you got some good genes there, right? Yeah, so it you was. Went, you got good genes from your family, and now mm-hmm. you go in and you meet Mark Sullivan. So tell me a little bit about what that was like yeah. with that, you know, that stud yeah. as well. And, and also to some of the studs, obviously that they attract at St. Ignatius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I met Sullivan at an open house that same year. I went to the SCP mm-hmm. program and, uh, you know, he's just, he's a great guy. Yep. He, his mindset around the sport is great. Uh, he's a really loyal guy. And that's, yeah. that's the thing I take from him most is really loyal guy. And he cares a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Toward the later half of high school, you know, I was at a certain level. My dad would help me travel to, you know, different tournaments from a sure. national perspective. And, uh, right. you know, he's just always there, always there willing to help, always there to, you know, come in on a weekend when, when nobody else was just to help me. So wow. a really selfless guy, and I couldn't thank him enough. For that that is definitely his reputation. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. And he I cares had, a whole lot. He does. And I had mm-hmm. the honor of um, literally grading his master's thesis. Really? Yes. <laughs> he got his master's thesis uh, from, uh, at the time it was Dyke college that turned into Myers university mm-hmm. and I was on the board. Wow. <laughs> and so <laughs> I get in there and, I, and so I didn't even know. Right. And all yeah. of a sudden Mark Sullivan walks in and he does his presentation. I go pass. <laughs> <laughs> easy I, check. Yeah. Easy check. I have another crazy story about Mark. Mark, uh, was wrestling against Trenton state in 1987. Okay. I was the referee mm-hmm. and Trenton was ranked second in the country. 
John Carroll was first. Right. And so they come in for a dual meet, and Trenton State is getting hammered. Okay. <laughs> the match was 21 to 2 going wow. into the heavyweight. Right. <laughs> so this kid from Trenton State is a street kid from Trenton, New Jersey. He's just, you know, like a, a you could just tell he's almost like a thug, you know? Right. And he doesn't know. I mean, he knows Mark, but he doesn't know Mark, right? And Mark's. Yeah. Definitely a guy you don't want to mess with. Right. You know, outside. You probably grab a hold of him and he's like, holy crap. <laughs> holy crap, right? So he starts leading with the head. Mm-hmm. I hit him for one point. He, he leads with the head again. I call him in. I go, dude, do not lead with the head again. Especially against, against this, this guy. guy you know? <laughs> so guess what he does? Boom. Leads with the head. Sully's over me. He's on this guy. Like, you know, That's, like, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like, it was a free for all. Finally, we had to get, you know, the cops come in, pull this guy out, throw, throw him out. You know what I mean? And, and, and the guy's flipping everybody off and there's priests in this, in the stand. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. It was, it was one of the, the most burned in memories of me. Wow. Marshall, I'm sure you remember. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, but he was definitely, uh, somebody not to be messed with. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also so quiet. I mean, mm-hmm. just a quiet leader. Right. So yeah. he's, I think that's a great thing to be a leader of word, mm-hmm. thought, and deed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I love that you had that opportunity. Yeah, to, definitely to the deed part. He, uh, he's a very selfless person. He, uh, so it's funny, my dad, when I went to Ignatius, he sort of gave my dad the reins of running practice. Wow. Uh, from the time I was a freshman through senior year and even a little bit after I left. How cool. Um, just acknowledging, you know, he's, you know, my dad was really good at running practice and stuff, but, sure. but more through deed is, is giving people the opportunity to lead where they're great. Awesome. And that's sort of a trait that I took from him as well. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. So so you ended up becoming a two-time state champ there. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what that was like to be that at that pinnacle. Ohio State champ is pretty pretty tough to do. Yeah. So it took it took a lot of hard work. It took uh, three tries. It took three tri- tries for me to do it. Okay. Um, and I think it was a product of the environment. Yeah. Uh, the Ohio State tournament, obviously, like you said, is really hard. Yep. Uh, it took, you know, obviously, like I said, three tries. It took a lot of competition. Uh, sure. From, you know, I, I won Ironman twice before I even won the Ohio State Championship. Wow. Uh, and the people I got to face in the state tournament were no joke. I mean, my, my sophomore year, I lost to Dean. Yeah. Uh, my freshman year. Dean Heil. I was, yeah. For, uh, yeah. For, for guys that don't know Right, Dean. yeah. <laughs> Dean Heil, three-time yeah. state champ, right? Or was he four? four? He was four. Four-time, that's right, right. Yeah. yeah. And then my, my freshman year, I was a little undersized. But, you know, I just, even in practice, you know, right. in practice uh, for two years, the first two years I was in high school, uh, I was sort of led by Jerome Robinson. Oh yeah, wow. and he yeah. sort of like I was talking about with Johnny. Sure, uh, showed me that the way definitely through giving me some beatings in practice and, and showing right. me sort of a lot of the technique that he had acquired over time. And you know, through all of that, the culmination of the competition, the hard practice partners, just putting myself in a situation that was uncomfortable. Sure, and not being afraid to fail. That was that was the biggest thing for me. Is you know, I, I would seek out harder competition, whether it was going to different practices or my right. dad taking me to different tournaments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was seeking that competition out that, that really made me want to be better and got me better ultimately. And, you know, so one of the things, and I love this this whole mentality that you're bringing to the, to the show today, is that we talk about this a lot as showing, you know, as finding out how, what not to do as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What to do, but also... By being, by getting your nose bloodied, right. don't put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself at that angle. Don't put yourself with your head down or whatever that is. Yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. know. And so now I know what not to do. Right. <laughs> and know? it's it's being afraid not to fail too. Exactly right. Um, we say yeah. fail forward. Fail forward. Fail it forward. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Uh, that's the name of a book. And in fact, yeah. when I was getting recruited, mm-hmm. um, a lot of different schools, uh, but we had a good sure. relationship with the Carr family. 
Oh, and uh, yeah. and Nate Senior had had made a couple trips up to Cleveland, and sure. I remember I did a camp with him, and actually got to meet David when he was really little, when wow. he was like a little little kid. Wow! Yeah. And I'll never forget he gave me a book, and it was called Failing Forward. Love it. And it was it was revolved around that whole mindset of not being afraid to fail. The ultimate uh, yeah. measure of success is you know how you learn to grow from those failures. Yes. And yes. I read that book right before I went to college, and I really think that helped my trajectory as I went on to obviously everything I did in college. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And, you know, I'm so, I'm so encouraged to hear this, George, you know, yeah. it's just great to see that. And I could see the smile on your face. <laughs> you, you, and also the other thing too, that I, I wanted to address was the, the guys that you beat mm-hmm. in the state finals. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that junior guy and that senior, guy, you know, your junior year and your senior. Do yeah. you have respect for those guys? Oh, yeah. 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 Tell me I, I grew up, guys. so my junior year, I wrestled Edgar Bright in the oh, state finals. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. uh, it was a, a highly anticipated match uh, yeah. from a lot of different standpoints. Obviously, the St. ignatius Sanez rivalry. Yes. Uh, and just the history I'd had the prior year with Dean right. Heil, uh, Just And obviously, the Ignatius rivalry, like I said. Yeah. Um, but even going back to junior high, I wrestled Edgar in the junior high state finals as well. Right. right. Uh, my eighth grade year, and I was able to win that. So. A very highly anticipated match uh, and a lot of respect for, obviously, the St. Ed's program. I have a lot of friends who coach on St. Ed's team now, so and I know that they're one of the best teams. So, obviously, beating someone uh, sort of of that caliber was was a good mile mark for me to to sort of know where I was at going into my senior year. Yep. Um, My senior year, I wrestled Max Bird. He was yeah. from Cincinnati LaSalle. Yeah, tough. Kid. He actually went on to wrestle D2, I believe, at Ashland. Okay. And his little brother is wrestling now at Illinois, I think. Oh, with another um, Hef- with Heffernan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another St. Ed's guy. <laughs> yeah. And another close match. Uh, my match with Edgar was an overtime match. Both my state finals matches were pretty close. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, not regret, but a, a, in high school a little bit, you know, I, I sort of held it tight to the vest a little bit. Okay. Okay. And, uh, so you didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, and that, it, that happens a lot. That mm-hmm. happens a lot. I get it, that. It's trial and error. It was my first time in the situation. Not to say you know I wrestled bad or didn't wrestle to my right. best, but you know as I moved on to college, I sort of learned to let it fly a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and and we talk about that in practice. But it's interesting too because um, Edgar Bright, right, mm-hmm. the guy you beat, comes from a pretty tough family, right? You yeah, know? <laughs> and uh, we coached against them. They wrestled, I believe, for Collin. Collinwood, yeah. And Benny Bright, who was the uncle, I believe, mm-hmm. is the uncle of Edgar. Yeah. Uh, it was a national junior college all American. I mm-hmm. believe he was, I think he placed his state too. And I ended up wrestling him in an old man tournament. Yeah. And uh, he was tough. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and going, tough. even yeah. going back to junior high, uh, yeah. before we had wrestled in the state finals, one of my club practice, club teams I used to go to was Eric Burnett's club. There you go. And I used yeah. to wrestle Edgar there. Uh, my dad and his dad would all, we'd always hang out at the Burnett camps. I remember just the battles in that room and just sure. the, the practices we would go through. And the respect, right? And the respect that you build over time. You know, it's yes. funny. I think back to, to my club days yeah, and to all the different partners I had had at a certain point in time. And I remember every Wednesday, and it's still a thing, those Solon Open mats that they oh, have. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Solon Some of my mats. kids go there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's still a thing. I actually did a clinic last summer at the Solon. Uh, we love but, Tony Giovanni. But I remember my yeah. four-man group consistently yeah. that uh, when I was in like fifth, sixth grade, the, the four-man group that I was a part of looking back, it's crazy. It was me, yeah. Nate Tomasello, oh, wow. Dean Heil, and Anthony wow. Kalika. That was oh, our four-man group. Just a bunch of punkers, man. <laughs> yeah, so. They got no talent. <laughs> so, so to your point about wow. trial and error and learning yeah. how to fail, you know, that was pretty humbling to be a part of the, that four-man sure. group where we're just banging heads constantly. And every one of them had their own style. 
Yeah. You know, so bringing so many different kinds of looks to you. Yeah. You know what? You're getting a pretty good uh, comprehensive look of the sport. And it's good too. You know, we were yeah. all part of different clubs. So it's like Wednesday. It was sort of like our match days in the summer where like sure. we would go back to our clubs, yeah. get better on certain things. And then we'd bring whatever we learned to that Wednesday practice the next week just to see where we're at and continue to try to get each other better. That's fantastic. That is just, you know, it's almost like back in the day when this, in the 20s, they had a thing called the Algonquin Round Table. Yeah. And all these wonderfully, incredibly talented, you know, fantastic intellects would come together and just start spewing stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about life. Get enough great people in a room. Exactly right. Mastermind, right? Like uh, Dale Carnegie says, mastermind group. Beautiful Mm -hmm. stuff. So, um, you know, you, you get all this wonderful foundation in, in the club at St. Ignatius, and now I look at your warm-up, and it's Virginia Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you went there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you made the decision to go to Virginia yeah. and a little bit about the experience there. It was, uh, it was a really, really hard decision. It took me okay. a really long time to decide. That's an I ACC did... school, right? ACC. Okay. Yeah. So it, I visited a bunch of different schools. I, mean, gotcha. I probably made 10 or 12 unofficial visits. I took four of my official visits. But the two schools it really came down to were Ohio State and Virginia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so looking back and to see, you know, obviously where Ohio State is right now. Sure. Um, it probably looks like an even harder decision. And it was a really hard choice. Um, right. You know, Tom Ryan's big pitch to me was, you know, stay in state, represent your home state. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, despite being seven hours away from home. Yes. UVA really just felt like a home to me. The, the bond that was grown between me and Coach Garland, the coach at UVA, during yeah. the recruiting process, and, and Jordan Lean, who was there at the time, our assistant coach. Sure. Uh, the bond we built was just, it was far more than wrestling. And that's, and cool. that, and that's what I was looking for. Um, you know, it was a, a school that would support me wrestling, obviously, academically, but just yes. care about me as a person. And, right. and, you know, not that Ohio State didn't. They, they certainly cared about me as a person. Yes. Had their best interests in mind for Graduated me. some amazing human beings out of there. Right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but yeah. It was, I just felt something different about Charlottesville sure. that, you know, despite being seven hours away, yeah, you know, it really felt like home when I was down there. There were some Ohio ga- guys down there at the time. Okay. Uh, and a couple of okay. actually St. Ed's guys who I've, wow. I've, we were some of my best friends to date, Gus Seiko, Nick Solzer. Oh, sure. Guys. Seiko, defense soap. Yeah. We love defense soap. <laughs> yep. We love his father. His father's a great guy. Guy's awesome. Oh, my gosh. What a soft-spoken, mm-hmm. wonderful guy. Lead by example guy. Hard yes. working blue collar. Indeed. Indeed. I, I have a high respect for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and maybe one day we'll get him on the show. Yeah. You know, and his son. Who yeah. knows? You know, but... Uh, Hey guys, I want to thank Affinity Whole Health and the owner, Brian Zide. He uh, started this company to get you feeling like you were in your prime. You can reach this company at feelgreatcleveland.com. Uh, founded, obviously, by a former wrestler athlete and his partner, who's also a former wrestler and athlete. The whole goal for this is to get you feeling like you're in, in your prime, but also uh, helps you with muscle definition and strength, increased libido, increased energy and drive, increased mental acuity, obviously increases your confidence, if you get all those, and increases recovery recovery time from workouts. If uh, if you like all those things and you want all those things, check them out at feelgreatcleveland.com. Thank you again, Brian Zide and Affinity Whole Health. So tell me a little bit about the Virginia experience. And uh, obviously you had a pretty good run. You were ACC champ a few times, right? Yeah. And then you times. ended up making the finals mm-hmm. against a rival. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, that whole experience and what that taught you yeah so 
when I first got to Virginia, it was a pretty humbling experience. Okay. Um, and, you know, through you know, getting beatings in the room, going to a couple opens, really sort of learning where I was. Welcome um, to college wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think in high school, yeah. um, my dad being my coach, and sure. my, my, my primary coach, yeah. you know, he, he was a high school wrestler. He obviously, you know, he was third yeah, he took in the fourth, state. Or third in the state, right? For Benedictine. Benedictine. Yep. Um, 126, right? Yeah. Yeah. And wrestling's changed a lot since he was in, in sure. high school. Sure. So I think what I learned in high school is sort of how to get tough and get things done. Yeah. That was sort of the lesson I learned from Mayfield Wrestling Club all the way through to high schools, you know, just how to how to really learn how to work hard mm-hmm. and value certain things and do the right things to get to where I wanted to get to. Sure. When I got to college, I actually had to learn how to wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because everybody has that. Exactly. Much at your wrestling. Yeah. So, so yeah. a lot of in high school, I, I won on will and just you know, out toughing guys. But right. when I got to college, I, I had to learn specific text techniques and specific game plans on like how to win. Gotcha. And that's the first lesson I learned pretty quickly in okay. in, in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in practice, I used to, you know, days before open tournaments, I was getting beaten pretty badly, and then I'd right. go out and win the the open at the end of the week with with the guys who I've been practicing with in the in the same bracket as me. I'll be darned. Um, wow. Just because you know, when you're in that tournament setting, I was familiar with. You know, when you're in a tournament, it's just a different sort of mindset than practice. And yes, it is. The sort of leaning back on the foundation I learned from high school is just getting tough and finding a way to get it done. Awesome. Um, so, so, so give me, give me a specific. What, what is that specific thing that you learned and and, and how to manage that match and mm-hmm. win that match? Yeah. Tell me, tell there, me something. There's, I, and I told this uh, plenty of times when I was coaching at John Carroll is sure. you, you, you really can't simulate a match, and there's a there's a specific skill. Yes. To learning how to compete when the lights are on. Right. And being put in uncomfortable situations in practice and mm-hmm. things like the Ohio State Tournament, yeah. Super 32, things like that. Right. Putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation will help build you to that point to where gotcha. when, you, when you're under the lights in a high pressure situation, you can really mm. compete to the level you know you're capable of doing. Right. And some people don't really practice that. Some people like to hold it close to the vest. Yeah. Um, certainly in practice, but then when they get in competition, yeah. sort of when adversity gets thrown their way, yeah. they, they sort of don't really know what to do. But, but you know, I, from my foundation growing up, right. you know, growing from Mayfield all the way through Ignatius, especially with the help of my dad, Yes. Uh, just learning how to be tough when times are tough. That's uh, cool. Adversity is inevitable. Yeah, and, it is. And it's sort of how you react to it that defines you. Love that. Love that. So you so you do well in the ACC, mm-hmm. um, but have a, have a little bit of a hiccup at the uh, NCAAs yeah. a couple of years. But man, your senior year, you make it. Yeah. You make it. Tell me a little bit about that trail. Yeah, so the the journey was crazy. You know, I, I started yeah. at 133 pounds right. uh, as a freshman. Sure. Uh, to back up a little bit, I started at 125, which was a massive cut for me. Oh, exactly. um, <laughs> I, I definitely learned nutritional values, and we had yeah. specific sports nutritionists who were assigned to the wrestling team to help me sure. uh, with that task. But ultimately, you know, bumped up to 33 and I say bumped up to 33 yeah. cautiously because, you know, by my by the time I was a junior, you know, I was cutting so much weight to get to 33. Sure. And doing the right things, but, you know, it's just right. you're growing. My body yeah. was growing. I didn't yeah. really start growing until right. sophomore year. You're in fantastic shape. Yeah. Know, so I'm <laughs> sure you're what, about buck 45, 150. About 150, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, just. No body fat at all. Right. So I 33, right? Yeah, I getting you. a little bigger, but, you know, it's, I got you. I got it's you. just not competing anymore. But, no, I. The journey was is a wild journey, a lot of trial and error, um, right. a lot of learning from adversity. One thing my coaches at Virginia really taught me is how to handle adversity. Okay. A lot of points in life, you know, I I, I look at adversity and you sort of uh, 
you know, falter away or don't really know how to react, but you only learn through those trials. Those okay. adversities make you better. Sure. Um, and I definitely had a lot of adversity thrown my way. You know, my second year of of college, I had complete reconstructive hip surgery oh, to where there was, there was really a chance that I wasn't able to wrestle ever again. Yeah, that is not something. You know, it was it was, it was about yeah. 11 month recovery. Wow. And, and, you know, I came back that following year and was able to make the round of 12, which you know, not not to. I, I was certainly in good health when I was at the NCAA tournament, but right. you know, it's something you learn how to handle those adversities. Well, you know, and, it's and you're also a mental issue too. I mm-hmm. mean, you gotta, you know, to pull that trigger. Healthy is one thing. To pull right. the trigger after a reconstruction of your hip is yeah. another. So mm-hmm. I get that. Sure. Yeah. So you, you and you learn to appreciate everything you have. You know, I was Absolutely. very fortunate to have parents who were willing to support me. Have a school that was willing to support me. So um, cool. I have a, a lot of support. You know, from the community as well. And right. It, it makes you really fortunate for your health too. Absolutely, thankful. Um, yeah. You know, um, and so, so that happens. Mm-hmm. And now you make the next year you get to the pinnacle. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. So, so I decided. Actually, it was during the preseason. I was on my way down to 133 my senior year. Okay. Yes. And I remember uh, Frank Pirelli. He's he's a he's an athlete who trains out of uh, he trains out of Lehigh now. He's on the Olympic ladder. Sure. Uh, he was in Virginia for a year training okay. at our regional training center, and he was sort of my uh, close mentor, drill partner. Okay. Um, he was obviously a couple steps above me, being at the Olympic level, sure. Olympic hopeful level. Uh, but you know, I was around 145, 146, making my way down to 33. In the yeah. summers, I'd walk around at 55. Sure. He's like, dude, why don't you just go 41? Like, right. you feel awesome at this weight, just kind of building yeah. me up rather than uh, you know continuing to kick my butt. Love that. And uh, Love that. you know, he was. Yeah, and he uh, he really sort of paved the way for my motivation to go up to 141. Sure. And uh, I sort of had this mentality the last, like my junior year and sophomore year of, sure. of I wanted to go up, but sort of the fear of the unknown. The oh, fear right. of not really know really knowing How where I... How strong those guys are. Right, what yeah. They do to me. Yeah, yeah right, but right. my junior year, my junior year, uh, Bryce Meredith made the finals oh, yeah. of the NCAA tournament. Sure. And the year prior, I had wrestled him twice. Was he at Wyoming? He was at, he yeah. was at, well, the the year that I wrestled him, he was at NC State. We were oh, both at 133. Right. That's right. And uh, his junior year, he made, or his sophomore year would have been my junior year, he made the finals. Sure. And, and indirectly, that sort of motivated me like, hey, you know, I, can do it. I had beaten that guy. Right. So, you know, I, I feel like I'm definitely at that level. That sure. was part of the motivation to go up. Um, and just the belief in myself, I started developing this mindset of not really looking at everybody else and what they're good at, yep. but rather looking within myself and saying, Knowing okay, this yourself. is where I'm good. I love it. Uh, so, fantastic. so it was a moment of growth for me. It was a big leap of faith. You know, sure. I, it was, it was at the point where I had made the round of 12, three years, my first three years sure. and not all American where I definitely, you know, I had beaten all Americans. I had, I had done what it took to, to get to that point, just hadn't gotten it done. Yep. So to go up a weight and try to do that too, was sort of a leap of faith. Sure. But I sort of had this mentality my senior year where I didn't really care about anybody else or anything else. I was just on, on tunnel vision on what I had to do and focused right. on where I was good. Right. And it alleviated a lot of stress. And, and fortunately, I was you were having to, fun. Yeah, I was having a lot more fun. Yeah, it's it. And look at what Penn State does when they have fun. Exactly, yeah. That's their it's whole mantra. Really a whole different mindset. And that's what Cale, I guess, back in the day when he was not having fun, he wanted to quit the sport, went to a psychologist and he said, go have some fun. One word, fun, and look at that team. Yeah, <laughs> they enjoy this sport, don't they? Yeah. So my senior yeah. year, I had a ton of fun, and That's uh, awesome. it's funny how things come full circle, and you know, sure. we're all we're all sort of blood in a sense. Is yes, we my, are. my semifinals match. I'll never forget this, and yeah. and I still see him to this day. In fact, I saw him this last week. My one of my first wrestling coaches, Mike Giannetti. Sure. He uh, he wrestled at John Carroll as well. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I wrestled in the semifinals against Bryce Meredith, who I had mentioned before. Right. And, uh, and I was fortunate to win the match. And I remember you know, just getting up and being so joyful and happy for you know yes. making it to this point that yes, I never I thought I'd get to. Imagine. And, and I look in the crowd and there's a picture of me pointing. And, and I'm pointing front row. I, and I hadn't known prior, but front row. I just I remember seeing Coach Giannetti in the front row <sighs> in the middle of St. Louis. It just it's crazy that it, my eyes just locked on him. I love it, and I love it's it. just a crazy you, thing. How nobody can explain full. that. Nobody can explain yeah, the, exactly. the love and yes. uh, appreciation I have, and just how everything comes full circle. You know, yeah. he was my very first wrestling coach, and, he's and for a him to be there, terrific guy, terrific yeah. guy, and for him to be there in my last tournament ever yes. uh, to support me. That's uh, great. Was was amazing. Yeah, and it's great. And uh, so you make the finals against a big rival. Yeah. And of course, uh, Dean wins it. Yeah. Uh, but still, you make it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that experience, and then obviously there's a disappointment, but also there's got to be some type of satisfaction as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, the goal that year wasn't to get the monkey off my back of being an All American. It was actually winning the tournament. Of course. So obviously, it was uh, a little bit of a downer. Sure. But at the same time, you know, you, you look back on everything that made you who you are in the process. Right. Um, all the, the hard weight cuts, all the, the tough practices. It's sort of that character sure. building that, that makes you who you are. Yep. And I, I just remember looking. So when you're on the podium in NCAAs, they, they make you do like quarter turns. Yep. And to look at like each part of the crowd. Yep. And I remember doing my last quarter turn and looking at the Virginia crowd and seeing my parents. Oh, wow. And just everything that... And it's just sort of like a flashback. You just see it within a 10-second span, like yep. all these trips and it's all these movie, practices. Man. It's just a movie that happens in your mind in the last <laughs> exactly. 10 seconds. Yes. And uh, it, it was more so about that. Obviously, I was I was pretty down about losing. Of course. And, you know, obviously... You're a warrior, obviously, man. You're a warrior. Yeah, you don't but, want to lose. but sure. the further removed you get from it, yeah. and especially now in my role in the business world, you, you see... Those moments that got you to that point are right. sort of obviously, like I said, make you who you are. As I make decisions in life and like yeah. my mindset, the way it is, yeah. I can see those experiences in wrestling really paying off. Like I, yeah. I could sense, you know, that I'm making decisions because of the foundation, the the those values are, that I. Those built. are your true treasures. Those mm-hmm. are your trophies. Yeah, you know, and it's not the wins or losses. It's right. the trophies that you get from the lessons. And it's it's not to say too, like you know. Obviously, I'd want to win. You know, I'm course. a really competitive person, and who doesn't like to win? Of course. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just sort of the the mindset that my parents and my coaches and everyone's always, especially my Virginia coaches, have always instilled in me is, you know, being fixed on results, being fixed on the process of becoming a better person along the way. I love that, and also too, I, I talk to to my my team about losing with creativity, figuring mm-hmm. out a way to win down the road. Yep. But also too, understanding that, you know, in the sport of baseball. If you lose seven out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. If you lose six out of ten times, you're the best ever. Right. So you're still going to lose more than you're going to win, no yeah. matter what you do. So you got to have to learn how to understand that yeah. in business. So now we talk about business, and you're doing pretty well yeah. uh, at a very successful uh, corporation called Lincoln Electric, right? Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about what's going so on there. For everyone who doesn't know what Lincoln Electric is, I tell my friends. I have a lot of friends on the East Coast, and I say Lincoln Electric. Yes. They're not from Cleveland, so they don't really know what Lincoln Electric is, so I have to explain to them. They're a welding manufacturer. They produce welding equipment, uh, welding tools, and they obviously uh, have a weld school where they uh, teach 
people welding. want to weld. Sure. Teach welding. Yeah. A very um, important job in our society that mm-hmm. we're losing Underappreciated, welders. and it will definitely be in demand uh, in the future. We need welders and carpenters and mm-hmm. plumbers and people that just put stuff together. Right. right. So, yeah. so we refer to ourselves as the welding capital of the world. I love it. And uh, so I'm a financial analyst there. I work in their corporate offices in Euclid. Nice. And, and I'm in a rotation program right now to where... Uh, in a, a two-year span, I'd started about a year-ish ago. Sure. In a two-year span, I get rotated within different departments within corporate finance. Okay. Ultimately, where at the end, they, they sort of place me where I perform the best and where there's sort of a need. Nice. So I've been, I've been put on a lot of cool projects, a lot of different implementations of different technology. Okay. In fact, this coming year, I'm getting a really cool opportunity to to be a part of an implementation of what's called robotic process automation, RPA. Okay. okay. Where we're designing... Uh, essentially bots, robots, to, mm-hmm. to do mundane tasks sure. to take burden off of people's plates to where they can critically think about their jobs and uh, what they're doing even more. So, I love that. I so love that. it's, it's again, it, it in my mind, it goes back a little bit to wrestling and sort of the mindset of always wanting to improve the status quo and where you are. I love that. Um, and that's the mindset that the department that I'm in is really taking is, is taking an approach of, hey, we're doing good here, sure. but where can we be better? Yes. And that's if I wouldn't have that mindset if it wasn't for the sport of wrestling. Search of, the search and the con- continual strive for excellence, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's interesting, too, because I was talking to a gentleman who's involved heavily uh, with Amazon mm-hmm. and all the robotics that are going to be coming in for the packaging. Yeah. It's incredible what's coming. They're saying that the only humans that will be in the packaging departments or massive facilities are engineers. Yeah. To fix the robots, exactly. You know, so that's what's coming. That's what's the some one of the eight disruptive technologies, along with blockchain, mm-hmm. IoT, AI, robotics, etc. Five G. Right. Wow, what a great new world we're, we're going to be <laughs> living in soon. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, and it's yeah. it's it's that growth mindset of always yeah. looking at where you're at and and being competitive, not only with those around you, different sure. people in the industry, but also yourself, and saying, you know, where can I push myself to be better because. Ultimately, you know, I want to be a leader. I want to be a leader at Lincoln. Awesome. And to get there, yeah. uh, you know, I have to push myself beyond what I'm doing to maybe something I don't know. I don't know a ton about RPA, but I'm looking forward to learning more just to continue to diversify myself and just be better than I was yesterday. Well, George, um, I have just been so impressed with this this conversation. You've put yourself, You first of all, you started with great DNA. <laughs> love, your par- love your parents, <laughs> love your uncles. They're phenomenal people. Done some amazing things in in Cleveland as well as the country. Yeah. Um, also, too, put yourself in a terrific situation with Mayfield, St. Ignatius, Virginia, and now Lincoln Electric. Quality, 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 quality. Yeah. Search for excellence. I just love that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very encouraged because of your generation. And yeah. uh, to see this type of quality, uh, it just uh, makes me very uh, hopeful for our future. Yeah, and, me uh, too. <laughs> keep, keep people, hold them to the fire. Hold their, that, you know what I'm saying? Around your age group, come on, guys, let's go. Let's Come on, yeah. gals, let's do this. You yeah. know what I mean? There's so, uh, definitely a level of accountability that. Uh, our generation definitely needs some to some extent. Yes, yes, but I'll tell you what. I've been surrounded by some. I met my assistant coach, Jay Goodwin. That that guy is a stud. Man. Funny story. Yeah. I uh, we we had to have wrestled maybe two or three times sure. at some point. Whether it was Super Thirty Two or maybe even in college at yeah. some point. I think he's a little bit younger than you. He, he's uh, yeah. twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, so. we may have wrestled in high school. In fact, I think we yeah. wrestled. 
third and fourth at Super 32 one year. Okay. Uh, maybe. Okay. I could be wrong, but okay. I know him. And yeah. He, yeah and he's wrestling Notre Dame. He's a good kid. He's a great – and he's a great, uh, great assistant coach. Yeah. I, I couldn't be more blessed. What a phenomenal technician. Yeah. And just a, just a terrific guy. And you're right around your same age. I think he graduated col- um, college like in 17 or 16, something like that. So. Yeah. When did you when did you graduate? I graduated UVA in 16, 16. but wrestled through 17 because of the red shirt. Exactly right. Um, yeah. Finished my master's this August, and, and now I'm studying for the CPA. We'll keep doing good <laughs> stuff, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. So, you know, I want to thank uh, you for for coming in. I want to thank all of the people that made who made you who you are. Definitely. Plenty. And please leave us with something that you'd like to leave the audience. You know, the biggest lesson I took from wrestling is how to, like I said, handle adversity. Okay. Um, we had a mentor and someone who was around the Virginia wrestling program pretty strongly. His name was Jim Harshaw. Jim Harshaw, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he always said that uh, failure isn't – you don't avoid failure to get, get to success. You actually embrace it to, to succeed. Uh, it's sort of that failing forward mindset of, of not being afraid to fail. There's a lot of times in life where you can get comfortable. There's a lot of times in life where, you know, you're, you're, you're complacent where you're at. Yeah. But, but being – being not afraid to push the wall back and grow further by failing is is something that's really changed my life and wrestling's a big part of that. And now the way I approach life of, of trying to continually get better, that growth mindset is is, is something that if, if any listener out there can embody and, and put in their own life, you know, it, that's helped me tremendously. Well, George, I really appreciate great words and I really appreciate you coming in here. Thank you so much. Give my best to your entire family. Mm -hmm. We are blood. Coach Simroni, love to all. I want to share my thought of the day with you. Spread love and always leave where you were better than before you arrived. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.